With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson, and today we have a very special guest, Brian Acosta. Brian is the founder and CEO of Matrix Business Capital. He's a wrestling hall of famer and a dedicated triathlete who's competed in a whole laundry list of world-renowned triathlons. Brian competed in the Kona World Championship Ironman after only three years. He's a trained MMA fighter and has competed in the octagon. Brian achieves this at on a 100% raw vegan, lectin-free diet, eating just 10 food items. Let me repeat this. Brian eats only 10 food items. He, he hasn't had a cold or virus in 17 years. He's beaten chronic and debilitating gout without the use of prescription drugs. He is caffeine-free, alcohol-free, and drug-free. Wow, Brian. You, you have quite the accolades, and I'm really excited to dig into our conversation today. And very quickly, for all of you freedom hackers out there, if you like what you're hearing today, make sure to hit the subscribe button. That way you'll have access to all the valuable videos that we provide here at Freedom Hack Radio. And it also helps put the word out so that we can help more people achieve the freedom trinity of financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom so that people can grow and maintain balance uh, with financial health, wealth, relationships, spirituality, and having fun. And if you listen on your favorite podcast platform, then make sure to leave a review. So thanks, Brian. You know, I love the way you show up in life. Uh, you're an all out 110% effort kind of guy. And I love that about you. Thanks for joining me, mate. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Excited to be here and to share some information with people. Awesome. Awesome. So today, you know, you and I, Brian, we're going to dig really deep on health. Um, and before we go there, I've got something, I've got a really important question for you, mate. I'm really dying to know what's given you the most gratitude today. You know, I'd have to say just um, my health, really. Um, just waking up, um, having energy, you know, and life itself. But I, really, if I was to, I would say my health. I, I feel very healthy. Um, I'm 48 now, and I'm literally in the best fitness of my entire life. Um, my weight's better than when it, when I was in high school. And, um, you know, even when I competed in, you know, in high school sports or college sports or, you know, at my peak levels of triathlon, I feel right now today I'm healthier and in better fitness than when I was 25 or 35. And I feel like I'm, you know, I've still got a long way to go before I peak out. So I'm super gracious for my health and just being alive, just being able to breathe. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. And you know, there's so many people out there that blame their health circumstances on age. Oh, I'm getting old. And then here's you with a completely different mindset and philosophy of, you know, the, the older you're getting, the better shape you're in. And, um, you know, I'm looking at you right now and, and you, you are in like a really good sort of body fat ratio. I can tell that. And I'm super keen to dig into a lot of the specifics of all of this soon. But before we do that, there's something I want to share with our listeners um, about some gratitude that I have for you, brother. And, um, you know, you've been a really positive impact on my wife, Tiffany, and I. And this all started back in, in the LBC in Long Beach when Tiffany was working for you at Matrix Business Capital. And you uh, not only are running a very successful business, but you're also infusing self-development with your employees. And so, you know, Tiffany came home one day and she said, hey, I've got this CD that Brian wants us to listen to. And um, it's supposed to be really cool. So she played it on and, and she put it on. She was in the kitchen. She's cooking. And, uh, and I'm, I'm in the room and I think I was like trying to figure out how to make money in the stock market. And I'm listening to this dude. He's like got a Southern accent and he's, he kind of sounds like some sort of uh, religious preacher or something like that. And I'm like, what's Tiff listening to? So I went out there and I'm like, what are you listening to Tiff? She's like, Oh, it's really, really awesome. You got to check it out. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to dig this. It doesn't sound like it's something I'd be into. She's like, just give it a shot. Just give it 20 minutes. So I sat there with her and I listened to it for 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, like this is pretty good. This is pretty awesome. And uh, it, was, it was our friend, Jim Rohn, who I'd never heard of at the time. Um, but for those of you who, who don't know, Jim Rohn is no longer with us, but he was one of the, uh, the largest sort of self-development and um, you know, philosophy on life kind of guys. And uh, Tony Robbins actually worked underneath him. And that's where Tony Robbins got his start in sales and, and sort of expanding in his career. And, but yeah, we learned a lot from Jim Rohn and that just opened up this whole world of self-development for us. And, you know, we just, we just ate it up like a caterpillar eating leaves. We couldn't get enough of it. And um, that progressed us to go through to um, T. Harvecker and Peak Potentials. You know, we were with those guys for a couple of years. And I know you did a lot of training with T. Harvecker as well. And, uh, you know, super stoked to fast forward. And then, you know, my, my mates and I, the real estate mates, we, we wrote a book, 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. It came out last year and we, we were lucky enough to have uh, T. Harvecker endorse the book. And so we kind of came full circle on that one. And so, you know, it's, it's really, really, really changed my life, this path that you've opened up for us. And um, I do want to throw in there that when I ran my first marathon, you were the one that inspired me, brother, and you were the one that helped me train. And, um, you know, I did my 20k run with you and it was uh um tw sorry 20 mile run with you and it was it was awesome man and I've just you've been a great inspiration I love hanging out with you I love having you in my life and um really excited to dig into things here today awesome thanks Bryce and yeah that that Jim Rohn uh program the art of exceptional living yeah Jim Rohn uh, in my opinion he's like the grandfather of personal development you know, and that also inspired me. And since then, it's been, you know, peak potentials, all of Tom, Tony Robbins' work, all of Landmark Education. And uh, it's just really taken me down a, a path. But uh, when I was, I was in a career change leaving Texas, and a friend handed me that, that program, and I listened to it on the road trip back from Texas. And, uh, you know, he talks about being a health nut. And it's just a lot of common sense stuff. It's a lot of stuff that you kind of know, but it just reminds you and gets you you know, it brings you in that right direction. So uh, that was just a powerful program for me personally. And, you know, I listen to it once a year and uh, it just gets me back on track. So 
I yeah. appreciate you, your, your acknowledgement. Thank you. Sure, man. Yeah. I mean, Jim, Jim Rohn's the real deal too, man. We love him. We love him. So, you know, you've been on your own path of, of really accelerated personal growth. And um, I mean, you've had massive shifts and massive growth in your life. So can you quickly walk through, you know, how you went from college to being a successful entrepreneur and competing in, you know, world championship Ironman competitions? It, you know, started in, in high school, really wrestling was, was my life. Um, it was my, you know, ticket out at that time. I, you know, I just knew, Hey, you know, I'm going to go wrestle in college. And, um, so, you know, as I graduated, I, I did really well in high school wrestling and, um, had opportunities to, you know, for scholarship at different wrestling, you know, schools for wrestling division one, but, um, you know, wrestling was my life at the time. So I ended up, uh, going to ASU. Um, they had just won the nationals. They were the best team in the nation. Um, first team to actually win the national, you know, West coast wrestling team. And I walked on there. Um, and then after about a year, I just, you know, I realized that, um, taking the scholarship and being in California is what I wanted to do. So I, you know, transitioned back to, to Cal Poly, um, where I finished out, you know, my other four years, you know, I, I got out of, got out of college and, uh, didn't really know what I was going to do. I, you know, I thought I was going to go to law school cause you know, I could make money. So I took the LSAT and, you know, moved down to Southern California and was just waiting um, to start law school. And I, I started seeing all these incomes um, in the newspaper where you could make a six figure income. And that's what I really wanted. You know, at the time when I graduated college, it was like, you know, if you could make $30,000 a year, that'd be great. Um, and so I wanted to do more than that. So I, I was going to go to law school, but then while, you know, I was, I was doing a lab job and a, at a vitamin company, you know, testing, waiting to go to law school. And uh, I took a sales job and, um, you know, cause I saw six figure incomes and I ended up with a, a tele telecommunications company. Um, someone advised me to get with a fortune 500 company, get some good training. And, um, you know, I never, during college, I didn't know what sales was. Um, but after graduating college, you know, my degree was in social science. Um, I, I thought, you know, Hey, I'll do this. So I got into sales and I was really competitive. You know, I liked the product at the time and I was with a fortune 200 company and, uh, you know, I've got strong work ethic and, uh, you know, I think for just from being competitive, I ended up being, you know, a top person in sales and, and that ended up being my career path for a while. Um, you know, out of eight hundred. you were the top person in sales at that, at that fortune, uh, 200 company. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually, you guys have probably heard of Frontier Communications now. They've gotten really big. Um, back then, they were a little smaller when AT&T, MCI, and Sprint were like the big three. And we were competing, taking that market share. But yeah, out of 800 reps nationally, I was always one or two. Mm -hmm. um, there's always, every now and then, someone will get lucky and get ahead of me. But I was always <laughs> in the one or two positions. And then that kind of led me to a, a position out in Texas to run a telecom company. Um, for a, a nutritional company is out there that wanted to distribute telecom through their, you know, through their network of distributors. And so then I was flying all over the U.S. and Canada, um, speaking, you know, main stage, talking to people about, you know, getting on the service. And um, about that time, five years into telecom out of college, you know, that the industry completely shifted. Um, MCI WorldCom, you know, at first, a couple of the companies went bankrupt that I'd spent about two years building up, 
my, you know, a network in. And so then I got with MCI WorldCom and spent another year, and then they went belly up. And really that whole industry shifted, so I was looking for an industry change. I was living in Texas. I'd, I had moved out to Texas for that, um, from Los Angeles. And so five years into it, I, you know, I looked around for a new industry and found equipment financing where I am now. Um, you know, I wanted something where I could make a multiple six-figure income. Um, the telecom wasn't doing it. Um, and that's when I got the, the Jim Rohn CDs, um, you know, drove out to California. Um, once I got out here, a friend told me about landmark education. And so I, I started doing seminar work. Um, and that led me to peak potentials. And, you know, then I bought their whole package. And, you know, for, for the next five years, I was doing all these seminars on the weekends. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest thing is I lost my health in that process. Um, when I was in college, I was always cutting weight. I, I wrestled 177. My uh, senior year, I, I wrestled heavyweights. You know, and I was eating meat. In fact, I would wake up at one in the morning and eat a big steak and go back to bed. And, you know, I weighed about 225 wow. pounds. Um, I, you know, it was good, but eventually it caught up to me. And, um, you know, and, and I, I was drinking, you know, drinking a lot of alcohol. I, you know, when I was in sales, it was drinking a lot of coffee. And, um, I, you know, I got to a phase where, you know, all of a sudden one day I was set to have a, you know, a record weekend selling. Um, and, uh, I got a cold and, uh, I lost my, my voice and I couldn't speak. And so where I was supposed to, you know, bring in 20 deals that week, which would have been phenomenal. Um, you know, I ended up bringing in like three. And then by Thursday I, I went home because I couldn't, I couldn't vocalize, you know, and I, I do all my selling on a headset and uh, I just went into a lot of research, like 90 days of research on health and said, you know, I've got to, I don't want to get a, get a cold again. I got to strengthen my immune system. And so that was the first one. And um, at the, at the tail end of those 90 days, you know, I did everything from the zone, the 24 hour diet, um, which that led me to the Tony Robbins. Cause I heard he had one day on health. Um, but I, I'd, I'd read probably 30 or 40 different books, everything that Barnes and Nobles had on the shelf you know, what people that have cancer do for health, what people that, you know, had AIDS, you know, all these different things, you know, I, I just, I'm going to strengthen my immune system. And um, the last book I read was, you know, by David Wolf. Um, I was getting colonics and doing acupuncture and doing everything I could to bring my health up. And uh, I weighed about 235 pounds now. Uh, and it wasn't muscle. So, you know, five years of being out of college, drinking beers, I was, you know, and I, I, I didn't want to take my shirt off anymore. Um, you know, and then I got cold and I, you know, every year I, I get the flu or I, I get a cold or, 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 you know, I, I, I have issues. And so, um, I just got tired of it. And so I, I, you know, when I had to go home and I couldn't, I couldn't even do what I wanted to do. I said, there's no freedom in this, you know, I need to get my health on track. Otherwise, you know, what's it going to look like in 20 years if it's, if it's this bad already, you know, and I was, you know, 28 at the time. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, the, the last thing when I was getting a colonic, this lady's like, Hey, you know, have you, have you read, you know, have you heard about the raw food diet? And I'm like, no, what's that? And she's like, yeah, people are getting rid of their pots and pans and getting rid of the microwave. And, you know, she told me about these athletes and these, 
you know, mo models and, you know, a lot of famous people that were on the diet. And so I went to the, you know, Mother's Market, the health food store and bought the book. Um, first book I read cover to cover, you know, I remember Friday afternoon, I just started reading this book and there was little three, four page chapters and they all ended with cooked food is poison. And so I read this book, I woke up the next morning and finished it um, in less than 24 hours. And um, man, I was inspired. So I made the shift right then, um, went 100% raw foods for about 90 days. Um, in that process, I, I dropped, uh, you know, 40 pounds in 45 days. Um, I went from 235 to 195. Um, my mom saw me about a month later and went into tears, thought like, wow, you know, you, you look 10 years younger. Um, I could hear better. My typing speed literally doubled, and I'm typing on the computer every day, so that means more income. And uh, I just felt really great. Um, I'd been doing this little three-mile run on the beach. It was taking me 24 minutes. I shaved eight minutes off that in one week just from the diet shift. And um, the biggest thing at that time, because I was, you know, drinking and partying and, you know, I was living on the wild side, you know, I thought, man, you know, I, I'm probably going to have a disease, you know, like Bimmy's going to get AIDS. I'm probably the guy, you know, who'd probably have something like that. And so, you know, or cancer, that's horrible. I always had all these concerns about disease. And somehow when I finished that book, um, my belief shifted. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, I'm disease proof. You know, disease isn't going to happen for me. All of a sudden cancer didn't exist. All these diseases disappeared from my world. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Um, and, you know, I just had a really good experience. And, you know, I can tell you 90 days into that, I had, you know, memories of, of a hamburger and, you know, and tried one. Um, you know, but immediately I felt my energy levels drop and, uh, you know, and I, I, I purged, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to have the, this stuff in. So, you know, from that point forward, I was committed. I knew, you know, being on a, a raw diet was the way to go, but I struggled with it. Um, you know, and I'd have breakdowns and times where I'd eat other foods and it would be like three weeks good, one week off. Um, but nevertheless, I stayed about 195. I was healthy. And from that point forward, um, I, I never got another cold. Um, I haven't had a flu, um, haven't had any viruses. And, um, you know, and, and that's kind of what led me, you know, to triathlon. I'm like, wow, um, you know, I got to test drive this energy, you know. So, I, I, you know, I did a little, a little triathlon locally, and uh, that was pretty exciting, you know, and I thought I could have done better, and then I got hooked. You know, and then a year later, I'm doing a, an Ironman. You know, I did my first Ironman. After um, a year, after one year, you went, from, you went from doing your first small triathlon to doing an Ironman in 12 months. That's right. <laughs> and, um, and I remember training for that Ironman. I was so, so afraid of failing or not doing it because it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the 2.4-mile swim and the 112-mile bike, and, the, and then you run a marathon. You know, and I, I recently did a marathon and that was tough enough. You know, it, it mm -hmm. took me like over five hours and I was suffering because I really mm -hmm. wasn't ready for that marathon. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, how am I going to do this? You know, the thought of, of being out there and, and just moving your body for 12 hours nonstop. And so leading up to that, um, you know, for like two months prior to that, every Saturday, I just, I did an Ironman. You know, I got up 
and at six in the morning I swam, you know, the 2.4 miles. And then I got on my bike and I read 112 miles. And then I, you know, and I ran the marathon and I get done about 10 o'clock at night. And um, I just did that to get my confidence up. And then, uh, you know, and I finished, finished the Ironman. And so um, you did this. So let's just stop and talk about this for a second. So a lot of people, and I know even when I was training for my marathon, the first marathon was I wanted to train to about 80% of what I was going to do on race day. And then on race day, it was going to be the longest that I had ever run ever, you know? So I kind of like, I suppose, essentially undertrained, and then I, I, I left it, all the rest of the energy for the big day so I could perform because I didn't want to overtrain. And that was part of the quick training program that I did because my training, I think it was like three months or something like that. It was a short training program. But you on the flip side, and I think this is kind of like a good um, metaphor or example of how you do life. Um, you were like, I'm going to run, I'm going to do the race every Saturday for like, eight to 10 weeks before the race, just to know that I can absolutely crush it. And so you were, you were, you were competing by yourself in an Ironman competition every week on Saturday for like eight to 10 weeks. And I, th I just think that's like awesome. Most people don't have that kind of like mindset. And I suppose that's how pro athletes train. That's how, um, you know, people at the top leagues of NFL train, they train harder than what they actually play on game day. And so, yeah, that's awesome, man. And that was all self-inspired too. You weren't like, you didn't have like hundred people doing that with you. It was Brian. Yeah. And you know, my training's evolved. Now I lean more towards, you know, under training and putting more on the race day. But you know, that was before I really knew what I was doing. I just, I just wanted the confidence to get it done. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, yeah. So, so that was that. And, and, you know, I think another thing that just kind of led me to triathlon, I was doing MMA at the time and, you know, I wanted a fun way to do my conditioning. And so I, you know, that, that was another thing that kind of inspired me. I thought, Oh, this will be fun. You know, I'll race, I'll get to run, bike and swim, you know, and it'll be fun. And, you know, at that time I was really just training to get better at MMA and, um, you know, and then, uh, and then I, I ended up going out to Kona and, uh, when I did that race, um, you which, know, which for listeners here, Kona is the world championship Ironman competition in Hawaii. And you have to, you have to compete at a high level. You have to qualify to get in it and prove that you can um, get certain timelines, which is very, very extremely competitive timelines to get in. So just to set that pace for the listeners. Yeah. And uh, Kona was the world championships. And that was, that was exciting too, because I had done some Ironman, but you know, when you say bring that up, there's, you know, this certain, portion of people that will be like oh you mean the one in hawaii and i'd be like well no so i was really excited when i was able to go out to hawaii and do the kona Ironman. um and then when i got out there and i saw people competing you know i just mentally shifted and said hey i'm gonna be a triathlete you know and so now you know i, I i've done 11 of them and uh, now i've taken a step back you know the past two years i've just been really working on my breathing and working on my pace and you know i've i've changed a lot um, so that I can go back and compete. So I've, I really haven't been competing in the past two years, but uh, next year I'm going to hit it again. You know, and I believe I'll go to a whole nother level. Um, and since 195, I've dropped to 165. And um, so now I'll be competing at 165. And um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited uh, in January to get back out there and start racing. I've just really um, evolved a lot in the past two years and, and, um, 
uh, it's exciting and it's been really cool just kind of you know training on my own and and being able to really you know progress at, at a at a level i couldn't do it when i was training with lots of people yeah that's awesome and you know when you were talking about being in college and being a fighter like you're a wrestling hall of famer yeah well at um in my in my uh <laughs> at my high school um they just had their 50 year anniversary and uh i made the golden uh the golden team and uh so i was recognized for one of the you know so i'm i'm on the wrestling legends wall and uh you know they recognized me as the second <laughs> best wrestler in the in the the high school's 50 years of history um and that was just past this past year so they sent me some shirts and posters and that was kind of neat that's awesome and you know that was that was quite a while ago when you're in high school and then you progressed from there in mma and and you got in the octagon and did some cage fighting and i've seen the ku cage fighting and it's very impressive and then you know what you and i were talking the other day you had just recently you just recently been in an mma fight how did that go what was that like at 48 oh. years of age oh yeah no i i got back out and trained which was really cool um i i'd been really missing it and um, about three years ago, I got on the mat for a day and it went pretty well. Prior to that it was three years. So effectively it was like six years since I'd been on the mat or did any kind of grappling type training. And um, I went in and I was training with some guys that are, you know, they're training for fights and um, you know, they're doing this, you know, every day on a pretty regular basis. They're competitive professional MMA fighters. Um, you know, we did an hour boxing and then an hour of submission wrestling. In fact, the, the past two weeks I've been healing up from that. Mm. But, um, uh, you know, I think I went a little too hard probably, but I did really well. I held my own. Um, you know, I only got taken down one time and, um, you know, I submitted a lot of people. So it felt good knowing that I could jump on the mats after really not being on the mats in like six years and, you know, compete at that level. <clears throat> I was actually, my endurance was better than it's ever been based on, you know, some of the changes and things I've been doing over the past two years and, you know, the nasal mm -hmm. breathing. And so, um, but it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. I, I'm going to, you know, keep going. I'm going tomorrow. I'll probably just go once a week. Um, but, you know, to mix up my training. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, I was listening to George St. Pierre lately, uh, and he's talking about how, you know, so many people think that he's like this ultra, like co confident guy, but he says like, he is so scared, um, going into a fight, his pre fight psychology is like, he is full of fear and he doesn't even know how to explain to people how scary that is. And um, I just thought that was really interesting and really authentic of him to share that because obviously when he goes in there, he does what he needs to do. Um, and he's a champion for a reason, but he's being honest on, on what it's like psychologically, trying to let people know, hey, it's not that the fear isn't there, it's just he knows how to kind of handle it and not let it overcome him and not, not allow it to control him. So. You know, um, I got a question for you when it comes to like getting in an MMA fight or whether it comes into competing in a world championship Ironman competition, like what's your pre game mentality like? I mean, have you got like butterflies and fear going through your mind and how do you overcome that? Yeah, you know, I think, um, I think there's a big difference for me mentally, you know, when, if, when I did, when I did a cage fight, um, then, 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 uh, then an Ironman. Um, and with the cage fights, you know, and I even question if I should, you know, should I be doing this? Cause I get so nervous, 
you know, like, you know, I'd be training MMA just for fitness. And then they'd be like, Hey, you know, you want to fight? And, you know, I wouldn't want to say no. So I'd be like, sure. You know, and then I'm enrolling all my families and friends and they're going to be there to watch. And, you know, and I'm not, it's not like in college where you fight, you know, you're at a bar fighting some, you know, person who's maybe, you know, been drinking and, you know, now I'm going to fight someone who's been training and, you know, they're, they're getting ready. And, you know, and um, the, the ones I did were, you know, it was before it was actually legal in California. So they were underground and, you know, one of them was the bare knuckle bloodbath. And um, so there was no rules, no doctors. So you had kind of the crime factor in the background, you know, where not only are you going to, you got to, you know, win this fight and you don't want to lose the fight because, um, you know, you're going to get your butt kicked. Um, you know, so, so I'd have these butterflies for like seven days totally stressed out and be like, I'm never doing this again, you know, and then once you get in, the adrenaline kicks in, and the reality is, in my opinion, you know, like, you're doing fights every day, so, like, the practices, you know, I think are harder than the actual, you know, when you get in the octagon, you know, and you have this one fight against one person, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but then, um, you know, so I'm like, I wonder if I should do this, you know, I get so nervous, you know, maybe it's not normal, and then, um, Quentin Rampage Jackson was actually in my office one day and, you know, I asked him, I said, Hey, um, you know, do you get nervous? You know, that was my question I had for him. And he said, Oh yeah, man, I, you know, I always get nervous before every fight. And, uh, you know, one time I didn't get nervous and I got my butt kicked. So now I get nervous if I'm not nervous. And so I thought, okay, it's Mm. normal to be nervous. And I think that's the fight or flight. I think, I, you know, I think that's what gets you prepared. If you're not nervous, you're in trouble. Um, you know, with the Iron Man, I think it's just more like the nervousness leading up to it, you know, just causes you to train. Now, since then, I, you know, I've done, I've done so many of them and I've, I've got a lot more experience. Um, you know, I've even, because of my diet, you know, I've tested somewhere. I did a full Ironman one time, you know, I, I went six months with no training and just showed up at the, uh, at the start line you know, I jumped in and did the swim and that was my first swim in six months. You know, I did my bike. That was my first time on a bike in six months. So I have done, you know, one Ironman that I, you know, I call it off the couch. Um, I had to go a little slower and, you know, I didn't have my best time, but through pacing, I was able to get through that. And, um, you know, it wasn't my intention not to train. Um, you know, I, I, I battled with gout and, you know, I had some gout episodes that kept me from training. But um, that was probably one of my best experiences. Sometimes when you, you know, when you have to do a big event like that with, with less training, you know, it, it's, it's a completely different experience than when you go into an event like that and you're completely trained and prepared and ready. Um, so it sounds like uh, that having fear is like a normal thing and it, it probably lets us know that we're on the growth edge. It's an opportunity for us to grow a little bit more, which is awesome, right? And this can happen in business. It can happen with our fitness. It could happen in relationship. You know, we're getting nervous and butterflies. Um, and, and from what I've heard from successful people is kind of a common theme that they need to be in a reality check and not be so overconfident that they don't get a little bit nervous. Cause that's when like most fighters lose. Uh, you said ranch rampage. Jackson has had that. Um, St. George Pierre had the same experience. So many other fighters have had the same experience. Um, but then there's, you don't want to be too overconfident confident and just think, Hey, I've totally got this. This is going to be a breeze. Because if you had have done that off the couch and just gone, Hey man, like I've done so many of these Ironman competitions, I'm just going to crush this thing. I don't even need to train you probably would have just shot yourself in the foot. 
Yeah. This is true. This is true. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I, I think, I think you gotta be humble and um, you know, you, you gotta be prepared for, I think everything, you know, you do in life, you gotta, you know, every day, I think every day and you know, every moment it matters. And so I think focusing and being prepared and, you know, giving a hundred percent, you know, I think, I think that's, you know, truly the, the, one of the keys to happiness I found is if you give a hundred percent of yourself, you're always going to be, you, you'll be satisfied. You're like, Hey, you know, I gave a hundred percent. I could get great results. And if I don't give a hundred percent, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to be happy. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily about, you know, competing against other people. It's competing against ourselves, isn't it? And we're the only ones that know the truth. We, we might have came first that day or we might have came 10th that day. But on the t- when we came 10th, that might have been our better performance than when we came first. And that's more important to us. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful. So you went from gout and inflammation to perfect health, no sickness for over 17 years. How is this possible? Yeah, now the... Um the gout took a little, little, uh, a little longer. Um, I got on the raw food diet back in 2003 and, you know, it's been a struggle, um, figuring out how to, how to be on that diet and not have the cravings and not have the struggles. Um, but in that process, um, I went down a path, like I think a lot of people that eat vegan and stuff they do where they're eating vegan, but it's not necessarily healthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm. I, I, kept getting gout. Um, and I got, I got it for the first time when I was about 33, um, which is, I don't know, maybe 17 or you know, what, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or, mm-hmm. um, but when I, when I, you know, when it gout's pretty brutal, you know, my, my toe inflamed, I thought I kicked something. And then, you know, for a week I was down. Um, it, it would hit me like four or five times a year. The last time it went for three weeks, it went for my right ankle to my left ankle to both ankles um you know literally i was crutching around i felt like the guy in misery you know with both ankles taken out and um a doctor turned me on to something called prednisone which it's technically a steroid but a lot of people use it to fight inflammation and different things and so with the prednisone i could take you know 20 milligrams you know three of those about 60 milligrams and it would knock the gout out and so for about 10 years, I would three, three, to three or four times a year, if I felt the gout coming on, I'd take the prednisone. But the issue was, eventually the prednisone starts to have a, a negative effect and you have to take mm-hmm. more of it. And it would, it would all of a sudden, I'd, I'd feel like I was losing my mind. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Um, and it was really hard to, you know, to... You know, and it got to a point where it was like, what's, what's the lesser of the evils? If I take the prednisone, I'm going to lose my mind or I ride the gout out. And so about two years ago, um, I, I got a, a big gout flare up and I said, I'm not going to take the prednisone anymore because when I took the prednisone, then all of a sudden I couldn't concentrate it at the office or work. And so I'm like, so I, I stayed at my house. And um, I didn't take the prednisone and I had four major flare ups that lasted a little over six weeks. Um, My right foot and ankle went away. And then I was going around on a, 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 an eye crutch kind of thing. And then I left my left, my left leg. And so then I was on a, in a wheelchair. Um, And then it hit my, my right finger or my middle finger on my right hand. 
and it hit my knee. You know, I was, I was crawling around my knees and then it got in my knee too. And then it was on my hand. So like, it was hard to, you know, so it was crazy. And um, when you're going through that, you know, there, it's about a two week period for each flare up. Um, and then there's about a two days where, you know, you just want to be dead. Um, you know, you're screaming and uh, it's just brutal. Like the, the, it's sending shockwaves of pain right up through your brain. And it, you know, you, you feel like a heartbeat in your forehead. And um, you know, if, if somebody was outside my apartment door, they'd just hear me like, you know, saying, screaming profanities. And, uh, you know, going through about an eight hour window of like literally wanting to pass out from shock and, you know, it was brutal. And, and I had the prednisone on the coffee table next to me and, you know, I knew I could take that and just eliminate this pain, but I went with it and I couldn't go to work for, I tried to go to work, but it got so brutal that, you know, the people at work were like, just stay home. We don't want to see this. Mm. And so, um, so I stayed home, which was a really cool experience. I will uh, chair proofed my house. Um, I got six weeks of actually living in a wheelchair and, you know, you start becoming aware of like, you know, places that aren't handicap proof. And, you know, you, I got to experience what it's like, you know, I've always seen people with chairs, but I didn't know what it was like. So I got to go into their world. Um, so that was cool. But um, was, in that, that, was that a, a massive moment of gratitude for you when you experienced like, man, what would my life be like if I, you know, I'm a, I'm a triathlete and um, what would it be like if I was in a wheelchair? I'm sure there was a lot of gratitude you had. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, being, so I, I got a lot of appreciation just for, for life and, and, you know, being healthy, um, you know, and, and compassion for people that have to spend their life in wheelchairs but um yeah so that was a good experience just in itself i was like i was kind of excited to go there that place but the biggest thing is i didn't want to have to take this prednisone ever again and um and so i you know i i, I was reading and studying and this is where I, I had my biggest breakthroughs and um when i came out of that you know that's all i did you know for six weeks is i just studied like how do i beat inflammation you know, how, like, you know, I read all these books on like the, 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 you know, the 27 diseases that kill people and how do you beat them? And, you know, all the, the minerals and vitamins and nutrients that the human body needs, according to science, you know, and I found ways to get them through raw foods. The biggest thing I found out is that, you know, fried foods and, and sugars were, were bringing on a lot of inflammation and gout. And uh, so I, I totally cut fruit out of my diet. Um, you know, I went on a lectin a lectin you know i cut all the lectins out of my diet um and and i i just you know i want to take a little pause on that i you know i i was getting my hair cut one day and i thought i knew everything i thought eating fruits and vegetables are good you know as long as it's a fruit or vegetable you're good and i just ate all that stuff but i was 195 pounds and you know i thought it was working but i was still having gout issues and then my hairstylist at the time was reading a book and, you know, she had a book on her shelf called the plant paradox. And I'm like, what's that? And she's like, yeah, not all plants are good. Some of them are toxic and you shouldn't eat them. So I thought oh, I better read that. So it was Dr. Gundry and, you know, he's a, he's a heart surgeon and, you know, he's got the, the world record for species to species heart transplant. He took the heart of a a pig and put it in a baboon and got it to survive like six weeks. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of instruments used in heart surgery that he's, you know, creative, 
created. And now, you know, now they call him no more Mr. Knife Guy because he's, he's not even doing heart surgery anymore because he had some patients where they were too ill. They wouldn't have survived the heart surgeries. So he had to find a, a, a natural way, you know, to heal them. And through this diet of cutting lectins, you know, they, they, they survived and, and everything was good. And then all of a sudden, you know, he starts healing all these different people with it. And so that's, that's all he does. So I read his book and it made sense, you know, lectins, you know, gluten is the world, you know, it's the most famous lectin. Everybody's heard of gluten. But what, what I didn't know is the reason you want to eliminate lectins is because lectins destroy your, your gut biome. Mm. Um, and, and the secret to health, in my mm. opinion, is, is the gut biome. Yeah. And when, in, in training, in studying to become a, a top athlete, and because I want to go back out to Kona, that's one of my goals, mm-hmm. and, and actually win or do really well there, yep. um, win if, if I'm really honest about things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for my age group, um, I started reading, you know, like Dr. Phil Mappleton, where, you know, he starts, they, you know, these people, they say like, you know, you can, if you believe kale is good for you, um, you know, and it's healthy, you can eat lots of kale, but if your gut back biome isn't correct, you're not going to digest those foods. Mm-hmm. So you got to get your gut biome right. And so the thing with lectins, there's a lot of these plants and, you know, they have lectins. There's a lot of foods that have lectins. And what they do is they mess up your gut biome and you rely on that for your digestion and to get the nutrition you need. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is Dr. Gundry had a yes list and a no list and I just followed it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was 195 when I first went through that book and uh, I wasn't trying to lose weight. I didn't think I was overweight. And um, at once I cut the lectins out in a, in a 90 day window, I dropped 30 pounds um, I went to 165 and then I got to 160, you know, and then I was still trying to beat the gout at that time. And so I started experimenting with some water fasting and I did some eight day water fast. I got all the way down to 150, which wow. I hadn't, I hadn't been at 150 since my freshman year in high school. Okay. I didn't think it was physiologically possible to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got there and then I, you know, now I've put some weight on now I'm 165. But my point is, so I cut the lectins out which means, you know, I got rid of a, a lot of fruits. Um, you know, I cut tomatoes and uh, bell peppers. I, I cut cashews and peanuts. Um, you know, there was just a lot of, you know, I stopped drinking kombuchas. I was drinking lots of kombuchas, but it's mm-hmm. fermented. Yeah. Um, so I got rid of the sugar. I got rid of the mm-hmm. fried food. I got rid of the lectins. Mm-hmm. And I got to 165 and I'm like, wow, you know, I feel amazing. Long story short, I was working with two of the top um, uh, rheumatologists, um, a naturopath, a top sports podiatrist, blood testing, all this stuff. So six weeks in the wheelchair, I come out of the wheelchair and um, I had, you know, I looked up every vitamin, every uh, mineral, essential fatty acids that, you know, that are on the top multivitamins that science says you should have. Mm-hmm. And I found natural ways to get those, those vitamins, minerals, and supplements through raw foods, mm-hmm. you know, and so I have this big list and then I narrowed it down to my favorites. And, um, you know, I always told people like, you know, cause people say, Oh, you're on a raw food diet. Um, you know, they're always trying to say, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And the reality is like, I'm just trying to make it real simple. Like I always tell people, like, if I had it my way, 
you know, I would just pull my energy from the sun. You know, I'd, I'd do sun and water like a plant. You know, I haven't figured that out yet, but I have got it down to just 10 foods and I feel great. You know, it's simple. Um, you know, I, now I, I eat one meal a day um, and I eat those 10 foods and, you know, I haven't had a, a gout flare as a result of this, of this, you know, being on this diet, um, the exercise. So I, I no longer, you know, need the prednisone. And, um, you know, now I just feel like, you know, I'm at a whole nother level. My training's going to a whole nother level. You know, I did the MMA, you know, two weeks ago, not being on a mat in three years and before that three years mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just had great results. So, um, that's, that's awesome. And so like when my wife first met you and you were introduced into our lives, she came back and she's like, oh yeah, you know, my boss, Brian, he's got this, uh, he, he competes in Ironman competitions and he's like super fit and he's like, you know, ex MMA fighter and all this kind of stuff. And he's doing it all on the, at the time you were juicing and you were just like juicing. And that was literally what you're doing. And I'm like, no, there's, there's no way that someone could actually compete in all of these competitions and have such high success and be at such peak performance and just literally be like drinking juice. Like you weren't even like eating solid foods or anything like that at the time. And, uh, and then I met you and then I went to your house and I saw it and, and I'm like, this is like legit. This is so true. And it's like, I just, I didn't know. It was kind of like I had blinders on and, you know, cause we're told that, you know, you have to eat steak and you have to eat this and, you know, the food pyramid and all this kind of stuff, which we now know is BS. And, um, and then, you know, there's different levels of it. And I would, I, at the time I just thought like, that's such an extreme, um, you know, level of like, how could you possibly perform and like have the energy to train? Because it's not just about you going in these Ironman competitions, going in these triathlon competitions, your training schedule is hardcore. And you're like training for like sometimes hours and hours a day, like every day, um, over and over again, over and over. So you've got to have like energy to perform, perform, perform. And I'm just like, wow, man, like, how does this guy do this? Um, and then now you've, you've gone even further and, and now you're off the juicing diet and you're onto like just 10 ingredients. So um, I think it'll probably blow people's minds that this is possible. And I would ask all of our listeners and viewers right now to open up your mind to, uh, to understand that there's athletes out there doing really, really, really big things on all of these. We don't need like protein shakes and all of the products and everything and all the chemicals and things that are being sold to us. We do it naturally. And now you're on like 10 simple ingredients. So um, do you, do you want to tell us what those 10 ingredients yeah. are? Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was interesting. I was reading uh, like a, a memory from Facebook, like a post I did three years ago where I was so into the juicing and the kombuchas and eating the gels. You know, and that was part of it when I do the triathlon, you know, you have to eat all those gels. I, I think one of the hardest part about an Ironman is having to eat all those gels all day and getting hours. sick of, of the sugar. So like, you know, so I, I started studying ways to, to you know, be, be in a, a ketonic state and, you know, burning ketones. And, you know, so now I can, I, I you know, run a marathon and I don't have to drink or, or take nutrition, you know, the entire time. Um, I've just for an, entire ma- for an entire marathon, you don't have to through the portion of the marathon. You don't have to, um, have nutrition. Right. I just, you know, I, I, I run at a, a lower heart rate and, you know, that's kind of what I've been working on. Um, because that's the other thing when, you know, you know, my, my training now, it's either super intense 
or it's or it's at a lower heart rate so i'm just mm -hmm. more in a fat burning zone mm -hmm. um you know and that that keeps me from burning you know glucose mm -hmm. um which which can also throw off the diet but to get into the 10 foods um and and you know all the things i used to juice and put in smoothies now you know i, I just try to eat them all raw but um i eat the same meal every day mm -hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm super excited i look forward to that meal and uh, sometimes people say, oh, you know, that takes so much discipline, all that. But really, it didn't. You know, it, you know, it takes like 10 days, you know, and then another 10 days, and another 10 days. And then all of a sudden, you know, you feel differently. You don't want the other things. You know, I went from craving sweet things to now I crave bitter and sour, like, you know, raw mm -hmm. kale. Mm -hmm. So um, what I do is, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I used to do celery juice. Now I just eat the celery. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to juice kale and turmeric and, um, you know, ginger. And now I just, I eat, I eat, I eat, the, I eat it, you know, raw and whole. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I start off with water and I squeeze a lemon in it mm -hmm. and, uh, a raw organic, everything I eat is raw and organic. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I drink that. And so I get a bunch of vitamin C that way. And um, by infusing the vitamin C in my diet, it keeps my body from producing, overproducing uric acid, you know? And I, I read mm -hmm. this book about, you know, Captain Cook, how they made it overseas to the, yeah. the new world. They were losing everybody to scurvy. Yeah. The minute they started drinking lemon juice, it, it solved everything. I thought, wow, lemon juice is powerful. Mm -hmm. And before I went to lemon juice, I, I was looking at a thousand you know, milligrams of liposomal vitamin C, you know, I was studying every vitamin C product you could get, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I, I now believe <clears throat> I did this book whole <clears throat> that, um, explains that, that supplements, you know, aren't as good. It's better to get your, your nutrients from whole foods. Yeah, your body yeah. assimilates them better mm -hmm. and you actually get more from it. Yeah. So that's how I get my vitamin C. That's how I start. Yeah. Then I go into, um, I eat turmeric root, uh, you know, mm. and again, I, I took turmeric pills. I used to juice it. Now I just eat the root. It tastes like a peppery carrot. I really enjoy it. <clears throat> then I move on and I eat ginger. Now ginger was a little tough just to chew it up. So I chop it up small and, you know, I put it in there. I just kind of drink it, um, drink it down. Like I'm, I'm taking pills. Um, I just don't enjoy oh. chewing ginger ginger so you you cut it up into like tiny pieces and then just sort of down it as if you yeah put it in my mouth and then drink it with the water that's the ginger and then the garlic i really like garlic and um oh and i, I do the turmeric because it's just very anti-inflammatory and yeah there's a lot of powerful reasons for turmeric yeah um ginger i just i just you know i know it's real healing and you know i just wanted to have it in my diet mm -hmm. so i do the ginger um the garlic I do garlic. I chop that up really quick. I get a clove of, you know, I chop it up, put it in my mouth. I like having the garlic in my mouth. I don't like to necessarily chew a whole garlic clove, but then I'll wash that down. Then I move on from the garlic and I recently added carrots. So I get the raw carrots that look like they just pulled them out of the ground. I have to wash the dirt off them when I get them. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I eat one whole carrot. And then after the carrot, I eat celery. Um, I eat about four, four stalks, um, about eight inch long stalks of celery. Um, so I'm not juicing it. I just eat the celery and uh, mm -hmm. cel celery also is anti-inflammatory. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the carrot, there's a lot of, a lot of good things to do with carrot, but it has the beta carotenes and you know, there's a lot of good, uh, um, and the carrot is also good with the chewing too. Cause you know, chewing's real important. I think people don't use their teeth mm-hmm. or chew enough. Mm-hmm. So with the carrot and the celery, I get, you know, I get to put my teeth to work and, and, you know, chew and I just enjoy the crunchy and, 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 um, you know, the crispness. And we're getting all the fibers too when we're chewing it. You know, we're getting those fibers as opposed to juicing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I consciously chew it really small so when it goes in, and then, you know, I'm lectin free so I digest it really well. Now, mm-hmm. once I get done with the carrot, I move on to kale. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, I hated kale, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't drink you know a, a you know like kale juice. I had to put apple, all kinds of things in it. Mm-hmm. Now I love kale. Yeah. Um, if I want to have fun and I go, you know, I'll just drink straight kale juice. But um, what I do is I just eat the kale, like like I'm eating potato chips. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoy the crunchy, bitter taste of kale. I yeah. crave it. Um, I've shifted that. It's one of my favorite parts of the meal. <clears throat> and then as, as soon as I'm done with the kale, I move on to avocado. Mm. And um, avocado is probably the, the staple in the diet. Um, tons of potassium, magnesium, um, vitamin Bs, there, you know, all kinds good, of good stuff good in fats. avocado. Yeah, good fats. And so um, when I eat the avocado, I cut it up. I sprinkle a lot of Himalayan sea salt on it. Yeah. And then I cut it up into like eight pieces and I wrap it in nori wraps. And that's where I get my iodine. And then I eat it kind of like sushi, but without, you know, just avocado pieces of sushi. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy the avocado. Um, and then when I'm done with the avocado, I have added blueberries into my diet recently. Okay. Um, that's the only fruit um, that I'm currently eating. And um, I go through about four, four pints a week. So I, I eat about a half a pint mm-hmm. um, each time I eat. So I, I, about two handfuls, two big handfuls of blueberries. Mm-hmm. Um, just enjoy it. It's flavorful. There's a lot of good benefits to blueberry. Now, um, once I'm done with the blueberries, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like my treat, um, I move on to the nuts. Yep. And there's three nuts I eat. Okay. A Brazil nuts. I get a lot of magnesium and selenium from the Brazil nuts. Help me sleep. Um, plus they're just, they're really feeling and, and they taste good. Then I move on to walnuts. Yeah. And walnuts are probably one of my top three things, kale, avocado, and walnuts and okay. the lemon juice, of course, yeah. but I do the walnuts and the walnuts have a lot of omega threes and sixes and nines. And when you eat the, the walnuts, um, you know, I found through research that it converts into DHA and EPA in your body. And, um, so, you know, so I get a lot of good fats from the walnuts. So I eat, I eat lots of walnuts. And then are you getting, are you getting your protein from these nuts as well? Yeah, I get, I, I believe I get enough protein, you know, through the nuts and then also through the, um, you know, through the kale. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's, you know, a lot of good, good stuff in kale. Yeah, you know, and totally. I always, I, you know, it's pretty, you know, I, I always studied, you know, like, like chimpanzees are like 98.8% same DNA as us. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you look at their diets, you know, or even a, a silverback gorilla, you know, they're eating all, you know, fruits and leaves and they're pretty strong. And, you know, I think they're getting plenty of, you know, or even a thoroughbred resource. You know, I know that's a little different, but, you know, I, I even look at 
top athletes across the world or, you know, or, or top inventors or very successful people or business people. And, you know, they're, you know, Carl Lewis was a guy who was, you know, was vegetarian and, you know, hit a lot of top records, but the list goes on. So, um, but yeah, the, the nuts are good. Now, the last nut I do is macadamia nuts. Yep. And uh, I just enjoy them. They taste good. There is a, 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 a certain B vitamin that's in the macadamia nut that you're not getting from the, the avocado. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it, really. Um, it's actually okay. 11 items. I, I yeah. said it was 10, but if you count the nori wrap, I, for, I forgot to count it, um, then it would yeah. be 11. Okay. And uh, interestingly, I eat that same exact meal every day. Mm-hmm. And every day I, you know, I'm excited to eat that meal mm-hmm. and, uh, it never changes and it, it, it tastes amazing. And, uh, I don't feel like anything's missing. People always say, Oh, are, are you hungry? I'm never hungry. You know, I, I found out w- what makes you hungry is when you lack nutrients. Yeah. So a lot of people go around <clears throat> and one of the reasons for the raw food diet or, you know, the, the logic behind it is mm-hmm. when you cook your foods, you're killing, you know, uh, 80% of the nutrients yeah. and a hundred percent of the enzymes. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, when you're eating your cooked food, you're not getting all the nutrients and you're not digesting it as well. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, your, your body's always hungry. So you gotta, you gotta constantly be eating, you know, one, two, three meals a day, yeah. you know, and, and this has been my experience and, and you got to realize, you know, uh, there was a time in, in college, you know, or high school where I didn't eat any fruits or vegetables. You know, I, yeah. I point at my canine and say, Hey, you know, I'm a meat eater. All yeah. I ate was meat. So I've, yeah. I've done the all meat diet. I've, th- th- I think the thing that's different is I've eaten the way most people have eaten. I've yeah. been to those worlds. <clears throat> I challenge, you know, people don't understand this, but I, d- it's, I don't think it's possible for someone to go a hundred percent raw fruits and vegetables like I have for a 90 day window, get to that place where, where you, where you feel the energy and then yeah. go back and, and you start realizing. And, and I, I kind of use the analogy. It's, it's kind of like if you're in a, you know, I used to in high school, I took a job in the meat market, you know, cleaning the meat market. And uh, I mean the, the butcher shop, um, you know, cause it paid a dollar more than the bag boy. And, um, you know, so I go down there and from three to six, I, you know, and, and, and it, it smells like meat unless you're in there. And so I say like, you know, if you go in a stinky room, eventually you adjust and you don't yeah. realize how it is. And I think it. that's the same thing with diet. People get used to feeling a certain way. <clears throat> and the, my experience was, cause when I was eating cooked foods, you know, my, I was in the same system. I wake up in the morning, drink, I drink two, two, two cuts two pots of coffee at my peak, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I'd be at work at five and I drink coffee and then I get through my day and I'd start to phase Then I need another state change. Then I get out of work and I'd have a beer, you know, and that leads to other things. And so I think cooked food ultimately leads to addiction and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of health issues. So what's really cool is by being on, you know, all raw fruits and vegetables and being lectin free, um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm getting great results and, um, you know, I'm able to compete at the highest level and, uh, you know, I don't worry about sickness. It's like really cool. This, you know, like I didn't know why I was doing it. Sometimes I'm like, 
why are you doing this? You know, just enjoy your life and stuff. And then when this pandemic came along, <clears throat> I saw like everybody's so concerned and I'm like, wow, you know, they need to be concerned. And incidentally, you know, I'd been social distancing for the last 18 months for my own reasons. I was social distancing because when I ended up in the wheelchair, I said, I got to make some changes. You know, I, I'm going to be 50, you know, like I, I, I want the next 50 years of my life to be better than the last. So I found I had to get away from everybody. And so I trained alone. You know, I just, I, I come to work, you know, I eat, I was able to figure out how I want to eat, how I want to train. There was no outside influences. I was able to find out who Brian is. And um, it's been the best thing that's happened to me. But when the pandemic came along, now all of a sudden everybody, I'm watching everybody's reaction and I'm like, it's okay. I got excited when I thought everything was going to shut down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to survive off walnuts, lemon juice, and water for six yeah. months. This is going to be cool. You know, I was ready to do it. You know, I had you it all the challenge out. in there. So I, I hoarded walnuts and I hoarded lemon juice because I didn't <laughs> think the lemons would keep if the refrigerators went down. And but, everybody um, else is taking toilet paper and you're getting walnuts and lemon yeah, juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, my, my thing is when, when this happened, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm glad I'm doing this because this is very real. There's a lot of people that have to worry about, you know, sickness and disease. And I just don't like, I don't, I think if, if everybody was in my state, there would be no pandemic, but the yeah. reality is people have to be worried because of everything they're doing. And, and I think, I think the virus, it's just come along and, put a flashlight on the world. And, and I know this because if I go to Seven Eleven, you know, they're going to stock up with what most of America wants. Mm -hmm. And if I walk into Seven Eleven, you know, there's only like three things I, I would possibly put in my body. Yeah. You know, maybe the pistachio nuts. Yeah. Maybe the banana, but not anymore. And, and the alkaline water. But other than that, it's loaded with stuff that I would never put in my body, but most of America does. And so my thing is, I'm like, wow, this is the most powerful thing. You know, this has shut down the planet. And, um, and if, if people just knew how to eat, they, you know, so anyways. And I, and I think that that's really powerful too. And I know you and I had spoken about this um, intensively before that, you know, when all of this stuff was going down, you know, we feel really good about our health because we've been taking, we're proactively being taken care of our immune systems already. Um, we've also been taking care of ourselves financially as well and putting ourselves in, in all of these positions where when things like this happen, we're already kind of, like we've already got these areas of our life taken care of. So we have control of that and we don't have to have these outside influences that are going to take us out because, you know, we're strong. We're financially strong. We're, we're strong in our relationships. We're strong in our health. We're strong spiritually. And, um, and we know how to have fun. And uh, I, I was the same too. It's like, you know, I would prefer things to, to not be the way that they are, but given the way they are, like we were ready for this kind of thing. And, and look, you know, there's some people that, that are out there that are just like, well, that's cool for you to say, but I wasn't ready. And so it's not enjoyable to not be ready. And like you said, it's an opportunity. It's like a flashlight is being shined on something. And it's like, wherever you are is where you're at. It just, it is what it is. Don't worry about the past and where are you at is where you're at. But now knowing this, knowing that we can control our immune systems, knowing we can control our finances, like what are we going to do about it? Are we going to just go, oh, well, and then continue on the same path that we've been on? 
it's an opportunity for us to change our trajectory. And, um, and so I think it's, it's a, a, a lot of this, even though there is, you know, bad things happening to people. I also think it's a, it's opportunity disguised uh, as something else. And it's opportunity for us to take better care of ourselves. It's an opportunity for us to make sure that we're living in the place that we want to live in. Cause when people got locked down, they were like, some people were like, man, I don't actually really like where I live. And then some people were even deeper on that. And like, I don't really like who I'm living with. And so it's a reality check on all of the things like, do, do we really have the best relationships really close to us? Do we really live where we want to live? Are we really taking care of ourselves? How are we doing financially? Are we really doing well? And um, you know, it's, it's, it's a report card. And um, so, you know, I love that you're sharing this because I've felt the same way. And I think the people who are actually being proactive about this are. So, you know, what can we do about it and how can we change? And I think that's great. Yeah. And I think, you know, my, the biggest thing is just awareness that health really is a choice. You know, it's a hundred percent an option. You know, the, these, the diseases and the problems that people get, like, I don't have any concerns about any diseases or illnesses right now. And, you know, I hear people say, oh, it's hereditary. You know, I think diets are hereditary. You know, people get the same diseases as people in their family because they eat the same way. But, but the reality is it's a choice, you know, and, and I've had friends where they're like, well, why are you eating so healthy? We're gonna, you're going to die anyways. And it's like, yeah, you know, I don't really care. I could die tomorrow. But you know what? The thing is, while I'm alive feel good. and while I'm on this planet, I want to be strong I want yeah. to have the freedom to do what I want. You know, like, like Jim Rohn says, wouldn't it be tragic if the mind was willing, but the body was unable. Yeah. And, um, you know, I took that to heart and it's like when I was trying to sell, I was great at sales. Everything was there, but without the health, there's no freedom, you know, and, no and you hear, you hear about people that, you know, they have, they have all the wealth, but then they get sick and, and they're gonna, you know, and then they'll give it all up just to have their health back. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of people that say, um, you know, well, I just want to have fun and I like eating my chips and drinking my beer and all that kind of stuff. And look, Hey, like may, maybe there's a part of some of those things that people are doing that does give them satisfaction. And if they weren't doing it and they, and they were trying to be inauthentic with what they really wanted and they were doing something that they didn't really want to do, maybe there's a bit of like a negative mindset behind that as well, you know? And, um, you want to say something yeah. on that? Yeah, here's what I got to say about that. And this is the best part because I've been there. I've been in situations. There was a time when I was driving around craving foods, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, 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 the, it's being unhealthy that causes the cravings. And I, I figured out how to eliminate all the cravings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd, I'd crave pizza or, mm-hmm. or tacos mm-hmm. or hamburgers or a steak yeah. or wine or beer. Yep. I wanted that stuff as much as anybody. Yep. But what's happened is, I've shifted things to where, you know, pretty soon I'm driving around and, you know, at one point I was craving watermelons at, at the same level of intensity. Yeah. Right now I'm going to crave, you know, putting salt on my avocado and with the seaweed and I'm going to, I believe I'm going to crave that at a higher level than somebody else is craving their potato chips. In fact, yeah. I know it for a fact. There's yeah. just a whole nother level of enjoyment that they're not getting to experience. Yeah, it's just what, what are we craving and what are we obsessing about? We all obsess about something. Some of us obsess about having sex and drinking beer and some of us obsess about fitness and, and growing our business or whatever, right? Uh, we all obsess, just what are we obsessing about? 
Uh, and you know, like there, you, you explained this before and there is a transition period. Like you didn't go from like waking up at one o'clock in the morning, eating steaks to just go into 10, 10 food items. You did this over a long period of time and you went through transitional periods where you're literally reprogramming and retraining your body. And in the beginning of each of those stages, um, I'm sure you went through cause I've gone through different stages and had this experience myself. For example, eating three times a day and then changing to eating like two times a day. Like, of course, for the first period, your body's going to go, what the heck's going on here? It's, it's time to eat, man. Like, I'm hungry right now. And there's going to be that uncomfortable period for a few weeks, maybe 10 days, a few weeks or something like that. And then you'll break through that barrier and then it won't be so bad. And then 10 days later, a couple of weeks later, it'll get even better. And then before you know it, a few months later, you look back and you're like, you can't even remember what it was like to eat three times a day. Or you can't even remember what it was like to eat steak. Or you can't even remember because you've retrained your body. It's just our body is expecting um, certain things because it's habitually had that in the past and it's programmed. Hey, it's time to do this. It's time to sleep now and all of this. But if we break our sleep patterns and we change our sleep patterns and we change our diet, our body in a pretty relatively short time, like weeks or months, reprograms itself and, and starts with a new normal. Um, and it's kind of like what's happening right now. Like the new normal for people in life is to be locked down at home and to social distance, wear masks and stuff. And now that's normal for people. If you had have mentioned, you know, six months ago at the, at the end of last year, Hey, you're going to be walking around in a mask and you're going to be locked in your house. People would go, that's, there's no way I'm doing that. It sounds absurd. It's crazy. We couldn't, we can't possibly survive like that. Um, but now people are doing it every day. You know, so we can change. And, and what's your experience like that, Ben? I mean, obviously you're having um, you're having little challenges along the way, but then you break through those challenges and it becomes easy. And then it becomes even better than that. It becomes rewarding, doesn't it? Yeah, and and for me, it was it was a long process. You know, at first it was like oh, moving you know from white bread to brown bread to organic foods, and you know shifting the grocery store to the to the health food store. You know, and at first I was like a pescatarian, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to cut out certain meats and just have fish. And, you know, and then, then I accomplished that and realized, oh, the fish isn't serving me any well. Now I'm going to go to fruits and vegetables. Oh, let me, let me cut down to, you know, it, it was a process over time. And I think it's, it's interesting. I, someone gave me a, a puppy as a gift one time <laughs> and I wasn't expecting the puppy, but <laughs> I learned a lot over that next year. And, um, when I was going out trying to figure out how to feed the puppy, all of a sudden, I, you know, I was like, I was really concerned. I wanted to be healthy. So I was researching all the food and, you know, it led me to, to raw food. But in the process, I said, wow, you know, you're lucky to be a dog because the food's all perfectly balanced. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I was feeding my dog better than myself. And then mm -hmm. I realized like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. I can do this too. You know, I yeah. can do this for myself. So, so getting the dog actually led me, you know, led me to raw. And then all of a sudden I was on raw, then my dog was on raw, you know, and then we were both, you know, like raw food buddies. But, um, but it was really like, I think getting a, a, a dog unexpectedly and being committed that the dog was going to be healthy and, and seeing like how all the, the foods and the options, how easy it is to be a dog because the, the food's all set up for you. And so then, um, you know, then I thought, man, I, you know, and that was another thing. Like I realized, like, if you change the, the dog's food, you know, they say don't change the food or it'll get runny. And then mm -hmm. I realized, no, actually, if you keep it with high quality food, you can change the food and there's not an issue. 
So when you go to high quality and low quality, and I realized the reason people get runny, they go from fast food to, you know, their, their, their diets are so different. Mm. One thing that's good is when your diet is consistent, your body likes consistency, like mm. circadian rhythms and stuff. And when, you, when, when I eat the same foods every day at the same times, my body gets used, my digestive tract's right, and it, you know, it lends itself to being, you know, very effective. But, yeah, no, it's absolutely a process, you know, and it's like juicing it first. And then after so much time of juicing it, now I'm eating it raw. You know, now the juice isn't there, and I'm just in this, you know, like the, the diet I'm eating today, like, you know, I've been working to get to this place for 15 years. Yeah. And I can't believe, <clears throat> I can't believe I finally got to a place where I'm eating this, this diet that I am and I'm free of, of the cravings and, and I'm actually enjoying it because, uh, that wasn't possible a while ago. And it was, it was a lot of work to try to figure it out. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure people are gauging right now that you're a pretty enthusiastic kind of high energy guy. And like, I, you, you like operate at like 110%, like all day long, dude, like in business with training with like the way you show up <clears throat> and your emotions and, and all of this, you're always like that. And it's, that's why it's a, it's a great experience to be around you. And like, when we hang out, we train together and we do stuff. It's like, it's always like really good high energy stuff. And you're doing this on this diet. And you know, I've had a lot of people that have said to me, the, the comments you said that you changed from, you know, non-organic to organic. And I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, you know, like I'd buy organic foods, but you know, it's like so expensive and all this kind of stuff. Something that I would always like to, um, uh, I suppose, put out there as a possibility for those people is that, you know, you and I, we don't go to the doctor. We don't need to like have like prescription drugs and we don't need to have like, we don't need to spend money on reactive things because our health isn't good. You know, it's like we spend a little bit more money up front on getting high quality products so that we don't have anything on the back end that we have to, that we have to catch. And, you know, you also mentioned before, um, you know, reading up on, on things like cancer and like how do, how do people save, uh, solve cancer naturally. And I've, I've researched this a lot myself. And then I just thought, well, wait up. If these things that are like natural cures for cancer, if we just put these things in our diet, like how good would our body be? Um, just normal from a day-to-day -day basis yeah no and that's true i save a lot on you know doctor's visits but i spend about 150 bucks a week mm -hmm. on you know and i always buy the highest quality and you know that that i think was one of the most important parts about being successful is you got to go to the best place and get the high quality food because you know i think all vegetables aren't created equal you know yeah, it's totally. like people people get it with like with like you know cannabis you know, there's different levels and grades. Sure. Same thing with, with celery. And, you know, I, I got real present to it more than, you know, 15 years ago when I first started going raw, I was going to Whole Foods and I bought strawberries. And uh, one day I inadvertently picked up the conventional and bought it on yeah. accident. And yeah. I didn't realize I had bought it. I purchased it, but I, I took a bite and I'm like, these don't taste right. What's wrong with them? And then I looked at the package and it was through taste. I realized, oh no, I got conventional. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is like, you know, if I want to be raw, you know, like, and this is all I'm going to eat, you know, and, and because my, my, my food is so nutrient dense, it's low calorie, high nutrient, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, you know, I just don't have to eat that much and I get what I need Yeah. where, 
you know, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, well, you, you can't run a, um, a formula one car on milk, you know, it needs yeah. to have the high performance fuel that it needs. And, uh, another quick note on going to the grocery store and getting certain vegetables. If we're getting vegetables outside of the USA or outside of our country, at least if I can speak for this in the USA, uh, there's a process where they actually, um, they actually es essentially go through, um, a radiation microwave process in the quarantine because they need to make sure that it, you know it's safe to bring into the country because of whatever other you know things can be outside the country so you know ultimately the ultimate goal with i suppose getting uh, the high performance vegetables is to grow it yourself i suppose or get it locally um but you know even if you were to get something outside of the country it's it's better if let, let's just look at like if, if we're not eating organic foods we know that we're getting some of the chemicals and some of the, the, the harmful things inside it. But the more we are eating organic, the more we're reducing those sorts of things. And so even though some organic classes aren't completely free of everything that we want to put in our body, it's a lot better than if we didn't buy it. So it's totally worth it. It's, it's weight in gold. Yeah, and I agree. I'm just trying to do the best I can. And for me right now, the best I can is going to Mother's Market and buying you know, organic and, you know, but I, I would, I would love it. You know, my, my dream would be to one day, you know, live in a mountain and have a garden and grow my own food mm -hmm. and be a hundred percent, you know, self-sustained, but um, that's just not practical for me right now today. And you don't um, even have to grow 10 vegetables anyway, dude. So that, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So but, I know you've done a lot of like crazy. So here's the thing, like, you know, Brian's sitting here talking about, you're talking about um, where you're at and what's working for you now, but not everything's worked. You've gone through lots of trial and error. And I, you know, I know you've tried some things like so far out of the box. I love it. You know, I, I even know that for a while there, you were sleeping in the closet to eliminate sunlight and you were like a few doorways away from the closet closest um, window that could have possibly had sunlight coming in. And, um, you know, you wake up at 3am, you went through the juice only diet. Um, can you share some of the different, maybe out of the box kind of things that you tried and, and, and what worked and what didn't work? Yeah. And um, let me just hit one thing on the energy point and then I'm going to bounce over there. Yeah. Um, I wear a head, I wear this headset and I'm sitting in my office right now. Mm -hmm. But what I do for work is I, you know, I'm calling people on the East coast and nationwide and I'm helping them finance equipment. And, um, I I've had days with, with this new found energy where I'll get in at five and I'll sit in this chair, not take a break, not even a bathroom break. I'll go 13, 14, 15 hours straight. And my energy level at the end of the day is just as high as when I started and mm -hmm. I'm not drinking any coffee. You know, mm -hmm. I'm up at three, you know, get a workout in, by four or 4.30, I'm in the office. And um, so I don't, I don't ever have to like, uh oh, I got to eat something. Uh oh, my, my energy is just balanced throughout the day. Yeah. And, yeah. And you're not, you're not up and well. down. Yeah. And, and w which leads me to the whole closet thing. You know, I started realizing how important sleep was. You know, when I was in college, my whole philosophy was sleep when you're dead. You know, who yeah. needs it? You yeah. know, and I was, I was like, you know, how can I, you know, I, I, oh, if I eat raw foods, I can sleep two, three hours. There's some yogis that are pulling it off. And, um, you know, now I'm big on sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I spent the last 18 months figuring out how to sleep. And, um, you know, I, I even went to the extreme. I was sleeping in my closet, but it was a little congestive in there. But for about three months, I slept. It's a big closet. Um, but I slept in the closet because I was able to shut the door. It was totally dark. 
you know, I had waterfalls, I had everything. I was experimenting in the closet. Since then, you know, and, and, and you know, since then I, I now have, uh, you know, I have blackout shades that come down and, um, you know, I, I bring the room temperature down. I've, I've experimented with 60, 65, 68 degrees. You know, I, I find that 65 seems to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm even, I even put a little piece of surgical tape about the size of a stamp on my lips at, when I go to sleep at night and it causes me to nasal breathe. Really? Because yeah, I've, I've read two programs, one by Patrick McEwen, the oxygen advantage. And mm-hmm. then recently Joe Rogan actually had him on his podcast, but mm-hmm. um, James Nestor did one called breathe. Okay. And that's profound, but that, that takes your sleep to the next level. And um, you know, so I, I just, you know, my room's totally black. Um, can't even see the hand in front of your face. Um, the closet was good too, cause it gave you total silence and, you mm-hmm. know, I just don't like using earplugs and all that, but, um, but yeah, you know, sleep has been, you know, a really big, important part. And that's something, unfortunately, I, I used to think wasn't important. Um, you know, and I, I'd sometimes pull all nighters and, you know, and it just not sleep, but I think that was probably one of my biggest mistakes. And now I'm, I'm taking it very serious and, um, you know, I recover, I repair. One thing I found about sleep is, you need the deep sleep for, you know, and, and I got a ring recently. It's called the aura ring. And I read about it in two books. And then I, you know, I heard the MBAs using it right now to, you know, monitor for COVID, but it's this little ring I put on my finger at night. And uh, man, I learned more in my first week with the aura ring than I accomplished more than I had in the prior 18 months working vigor- vigorously to sleep. And the reason sleep has been an issue because I can go to bed at any time, but falling asleep and getting the quality sleep, that's another story. Mm-hmm. And with the aura ring, I've come to realize that I need about an hour and a, hour to hour and a half of deep sleep. REM? Uh, no, to the deep sleep. The deep okay. sleep actually repairs the physical part of your body. Okay. And you get that in the first part of your sleep. Okay. And, then, and then I need about an hour and a half to two hours of REM sleep. Okay. And that's the dream state. And that comes in the second half of your sleep. Okay. And that's what repairs the brain and the mind and the function. And so now I've, I've been able to realize like, wow, if I just got really good, I could get all my sleep knocked out in under four hours. Now, you know, that's hard to do. That's what I'm working at now. Like I want to come up with a way to in six hours, get an hour and a half of deep two hours of REM and just, you know, become like the world's greatest sleeper. <laughs> where I'm just so efficient with it. I lay down. And, and there's another thing when you, when you fall asleep, if you're falling asleep in less than five minutes, that's too fast. That means you're too tired and you're not, not well rested. Okay. You know, ideally you want to fall asleep in 15 to 20 minutes if you're not. So there's all these things with sleep. Uh, what was the other thing you were, you were hitting on? Um, I was just seeing what other, what other outside of the box things. I mean, I know, you know, you and I, we both have, uh, we, we do the Wim Hof method. We do breathing exercises and we take oh. cold showers and cold baths and like what other things outside of the box have you tried that work for you? Yeah. Um, I've been, I, I studied Wim Hof and, um, you know, I, I do the breathing. Um, I, I do, you know, I do meditation on a regular basis and I find that's real critical because, um, you know, on top of getting your exercise and your sleep and eating right, mm-hmm. um, you know, I find if you're stressed out, um, that'll throw your sleep off. That'll, that'll bring illness. That'll bring gout. 
And um, so I manage my stress really well with meditation. Um, a lot of times I become aware of what are the things that are off in my life and then I can go deal with them. But, um, you know, I've done, you know, three, five, seven day totally silent retreats out mm -hmm. in Joshua Tree um, where nobody talks. Yeah. Um, you're in there with like 300 people. You're meditating, you know, these 45 minute sessions, you know, three times and then you take a break three times. And, you know, so you're just basically meditating all day, meditating in yoga. Um, I've done a bunch of forms of meditation, probably studied 15 different types. My favorite's been transcendental meditation. Transcendental? Um, it's just simple. I yeah. do it 20 minutes a day, you know, mm -hmm. focus on a little mantra. Um, you know, that, I, I just do that. It's simple. Sometimes I work in a little Wim Hof. Um, with the Wim Hof, because I was trying to beat the gout, and I knew he could beat a lot of disease through breathing, Mm -hmm. um, James Nestor and breathe gets into a lot of Wim Hof stuff and why it works and how you can control your temperature through breath. But, um, I, you know, the big thing I got through Wim Hof that I continue is the cold showers. Yeah. And now this past week, um, I did, I, I recently did a book called earthing about yes. getting grounded. Yes. And, um, so the past week, cause I got, you know, after the MMA, I went a little overboard and it, it hurt to breathe. Cause I, I think I bruised a couple ribs. But, um, so I started earthing. What was I that go, book, by the way? Which one? The earthing book? It, it's actually called earthing. So called earthing. Okay, cool. Yep. Yep. Excellent. And, uh, it's, it's on, um, audibles. But, um, one thing I've been doing lately that's pretty amazing is I just go run barefoot on the, on the, on the beach. Yep. Um, and then I jump in the water without a wetsuit. And we're getting our negative ions when we're earthing, aren't we? When we touch the soil and we touch the ground, we're getting our negative ions, yeah? Yes, and uh, absolutely. And um, it, it really gets you back in balance and, and gets your circadian, circadian rhythm on check, helps mm -hmm. with sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I read a lot of the reviews because they even sell these earthing mats, which I don't have. I just, I, I live, you know. You do it, it naturally. Three minutes to be, you know, run out my house and be on the beach. Yeah. Um, but, but I've been doing that lately and, and, you know, I've been sleeping better and, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I, I definitely recommend getting barefoot out on the beach yeah. and swimming in the ocean because you get ground. a little cold therapy too. No, no wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, walking around barefoot on, on the ground, like at a park or, or just, you know, like on grass and even gardening and getting your hands in the soils and things like this. It's all earthing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just because of the, the, the electromagnetic, you know, field that the planet is. And, you know, Pat, you know, you go back 300 years, you know, ago, we slept on the ground and, you know, we were meant to, you know, be connected with the earth and now, you know, rubber and wood and there's certain things that don't conduct. And so I, I noticed a different, I read somebody talked about dreams and uh, I did that and I started having these profound dreams, getting more REM. Mm -hmm. um, sleeping better. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's made a difference. I'm still experimenting with this, but, yeah. um, it's been pretty profound. That's awesome. Now, some, something else like with water, um, I think water is super important. Mm -hmm. I've been through all types of water. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've kind of concluded now that you want your water to be, you know, a little bit alkaline. I don't Slightly completely alkaline. think that have it, you know, being 10 or, you know, I think that's more marketing. Yep. But I think you want to be a little more than seven and a half, like Fiji water. And so I have an alkali, an alkalizing water machine in my kitchen. Yep. And, um, you know, I drink, 
you know, I, I've got this right here. It's all alkalized water. And, um, and, and know, just, but, just for listeners right now, the alkalinity in our body essentially eliminates the possibility for de- disease to thrive. If we have like a certain amount of alkalinity in our body, it means that we don't have acidity in our body. And acidity is the environment where diseases thrive. They need acidity in our diet. So, yeah. And um, one book I read that was pretty phenomenal is Tom Brady's book, TB12. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's in his forties and competing at the highest level and arguably one of the, one of the top competitors in the NFL and one of the most accomplished. And I thought, wow, I bet you, you know, he has something good to say about longevity. Mm-hmm. And he's got, you know, he talks about the 12 things that, that he really does. And one of them is, you know, staying hydrated, mm-hmm. um, made a lot of sense. And, you know, I think after going through that, I really made a conscious effort, you know, to drink more water. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's when you, if we think about that the planet is 70% water and our body is 70% water, whatever's happening with the water in our body has a pretty profound impact on us, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, here's, here was an interest, you know, uh, here was two interesting experiments. One of them, because I was, I was committed to trying all these different diets, and um, I, uh, I read about the banana lady on okay. this this lady freely, she, you know, she's eating 30 bananas a day. And I was like, wow, you know, let's try okay. that. And that was just, back when I was just 30 bananas, nothing else. It, yeah. It's called the banana diet. Okay. And that was back when I was eating, you know, lots of fruits. In fact, mm-hmm. one guy at a seminar at a peak potential seminar came and was like, are you a fruitarian? I didn't know what a fruitarian <laughs> was. He just saw me like, cause at, at that time I was like, eat as much fruit as you can all day long. Yeah. And, um, so I'm like, well, let me try the banana diet. And, um, you know, so I got my 30 bananas and I got in a, uh, in, in the car and, and I was driving two hours to, to visit some family and, in, in uh, you know, the, the San Joaquin Valley. And I ate like 15 bananas on the drive over. And I think I over bananaed cause I started heating up and it was really hot. And so, you know, I kind of realized like when you're doing something like the banana diet, you know, you, you, you have to spread those things out. You know, I figured like, okay, well, you know, 15 working out, you know, you probably had to be like one, you know, two an hour, but, um, you know, another time, cause I was really committed to, you know, being raw and, and, you know, that's one of the themes is just like, you know, going back to nature and, and doing things. And so I've always had this passion to be able to do an Ironman mm-hmm. <clears throat> without taking all the crazy supplements. And, um, I was doing wildflower one time, which is, you know, it was a really challenging half Ironman distance. Okay. But it's, it's up by San Luis Obispo or, in, you know, kind of yep. past the Robles area. Yep. Um, a lot of hills, gets really hot, a lot of, um, you know, dust. Yeah. And I tried doing that one on, um, you know, just, just dates and water, um, which ended up being a mistake. Um, a, complete, I was, a complete Ironman, well, it's a half Ironman race just on dates and water. Yes, yes. Um, it's a half Ironman, but it's, I think it's more difficult than some full Ironman just because mm. of, you know, the depth that, you know, the, the terrain it's steep and the hills and yep. the heat and what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Fact, Central California. There was, a, there was a guy, um, who, who won the Ironman world championships. He was the, the Ironman world championship champion. And then that same year or following the world championships, he went out and did the wildflower and, you know, and DNF didn't finish the race. 
Yeah. Um, and not that he couldn't finish. He just, you know, had an off day for whatever reason. I'm just saying it's, it's a tough race. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I've, I've finished every race I've ever entered, entered except for that day. Wow. Um, and if I had it to do over again, I'd probably finish it because now I have experience, but, um, I wasn't getting the salts in my system and it was so hot. And so about five miles on the run, mm. I, I went down and I started heating up. You went and, down, uh, you dropped. Well, I, yeah, I had to stop because I, I, I was losing my mind, like literally. And um, some people were trying to attend to me. And, and that's where I learned about compassion. Cause usually on the races, I just run past people. Like that's your problem. But it was yeah. really cool that a lot of people stopped to help me. Other races, other competitors. <clears throat> yeah. And you wow. know, they got me to a station and laid me down and, Cause I was, I was overheating or, you know, it was a hot day and, um, and I didn't think I was going to cool down and, um, you know, so I needed salt in my system was the problem, mm -hmm. but I mentally thought I was going to die and, uh, or, or wow. I thought, or I thought I'd be a vegetable. And I, I had this vision of like my mom saying, Oh yeah, you really did it this time. And like, you know, <laughs> feeding, feeding me in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Wow. Cause I couldn't, you know, now what I learned is just by getting the salt in my system, if I would have just been patient, mm -hmm. you know, I probably would have had to sit there for 20, 30 minutes, but then I could have got back going and finished the race. But unfortunately I have to say, I, um, you know, I ended up in the medical tent and, uh, and that was the only time, um, all the other times I've, you know, pulled it, pulled it together and gotten back in the race. And then like, there's some other things you've tried too, like, um, like Coca-Cola, you, you, you tried oh. drinking Coca-Cola to the finish line. Um, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. I think this is just an interesting story and it's interesting about Coke. Um, it was my first Ironman ever. It was the Vineman, um, up in Santa Rosa. And you know, that was the one I did all those, all that training for, but it was really hot that day. You know, I finished the swim which was in a river. And then I, I finished the bike and then about 13 miles into the run. And it was my first Ironman. So I had all these family people, you know, family members waiting for me at the finish line. So you're halfway so into the run. So I, I knew I needed to finish this race, but about mile 13, um, I, again, I, I was losing, I was like, I was going delirious. I'm like, I don't think I can finish this race. Um, but I needed to, so, you know, I laid down, put some water and, you know, they have these tables with everything. And at the time I, I, I still don't, but I was really against drinking anything carbonated because the mm -hmm. carbonic acid, I felt like it messed with your digestion. Okay. So I hadn't had a carbonated drink in over five, 10 years, okay. but you know, long time I had, I had tried everything on the table, the, the chicken soup, the gels, like nothing was working. And the last little thing was Coca-Cola because they, they hand those out at the races. And I'm like, ah, I'll try anything. So I, I, you know, I took a little like Dixie sized cup of Coke and I drank it. And instantly I was like, whoa, you know, I got all my energy back and I, I ran three miles burning, you know, on the Coke. And then I started slowing down and I drank another Coke and ran three miles. And the bottom line is I finished that Ironman on Coca-Cola. And, wow. uh, and, and I did, I felt great, just powered right through the finish line. But, um, uh, that, that was interesting because I went from feeling like I was having a near death experience, which incidentally, I mean, everybody does Ironmans differently, but most of my 11, 
you know, there was always a time, and I think it's just because I overdo things and I'm not great at pacing, which is probably part of my issue. But, um, you know, I think every Ironman brings on that time where you really have to, you know, face your demons and, you know, to try to finish that race. You know, I always thought one day it'll go away. And, you know, now I think I can compete in Ironman without that. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's one of the coolest thing about an Ironman, or for me, is I had those spots where, like, you know, I call it the near death or, like, am I going to survive this thing? Because, you know, you, things start seeming like they're just going wrong. And you got to really, like, keep moving forward and get through that. And it goes away. And then you get better. And then, you know, and I think you learn a lot from that experience. And that's where your determination, which you get on your shirt there, your determination is actually probably driving you a little bit farther than what your body may be capable of at that time. And so you got to like check in with yourself and go, oh, you know, let's, let's get yeah. back in check with where I'm really at with my capabilities. Um, so there's, there's definitely no problem with your drive. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've actually got 10 of these. I've got uh, five in large and five in medium because my body used to fluctuate. Now the largest in the garage and I only need the medium. But, um, yeah, I just, I, one day, you know, it's, I'm off the mark, but one day I said, you know, cause I was determined to go back to Kona and win. So I said, I'm going to wear this shirt every day. So I've been wearing determination shirts for like the last five years. So I got to get out to Kona and have a good result so I can stop wearing this shirt. Good deal, man. And on those races, um, you know, a lot of people wear like shoes and then some people wear uh, minimalist shoes uh, because they want to get less weight on their feet. And then you've gone all the way to like wearing running sandals. And um, I mean, have you, have you tried barefoot as well? Uh, when I first got into triathlon, you know, I, I always do modeling and the guy who won the Ironman world championship was Craig Alexander and he won it wearing Newton's. And they're kind of a barefoot type shoe, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, I think the, the name derives from Isaac Newton, but somehow they're like, you know, Hey, it's, it's, you know, their idea was barefoot running in a shoe. Yep. And, and I didn't know that, but so I bought some, you know, so I always wore Newtons. I had the top Newtons cause I'm, he's the world champion. He won it. These might, this should be good shoes. You know, and that's always my philosophy. I want to have the best stuff so that if I fail, I have to look in the mirror. I can't ever blame my equipment. So I always try to have the best, you know, equipment so that if I fail and I don't do it, I have to look in the mirror and be accountable for what's happened. I can't ever blame it on equipment. So I'm running my Newtons and while I wore shoes, I, I, you know, cause you're training a lot, you're, you're always running. Mm. And, yeah. and so I was always having issues, black, you know, black toenails. I was losing them, shin splints, you know, I get pains in the knees. And so I was going through this phase where, about six or seven miles into my runs, my knee would start to hurt. So I went back and forth from the Newton to a, a Luna sandal because I heard about the Taramar Indians and the Copper Canyons of Mexico running like 200 miles. Plus, mm-hmm. I think they're cool. It looks like a Spartan shoe. <laughs> um, they've brought the technology a long way, but I could never, they were uncomfortable, so I didn't quite do them. And then I went and did this little race. It was like a six was a six mile one, a 10 K and, um, it was called conquer the bridge. And I finished the race, but there was these two guys that finished the race, like way ahead of everybody else. One guy was like a mile ahead of everybody. And, um, I went and, uh, his name was, uh, Patrick and, uh, he, he represents the Luna sandals. I went up to acknowledge him for doing so great in the race. 
and I looked down and he's got these sandals on, you know, and he crushed everybody by like a half mile on a, on a, on a six mile race. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and then I was like, he's like, Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty good. And, and so when I bought my Newtons, they, they shipped me a book called, um, born to run. And that's another book that, you know, since the raw food diet that I read cover to cover, there's just a lot of ideas about how as shoes progressed, injuries happen. And then, you know, I read about, you know, the, this Ethiopian who set a world record in the Olympics barefoot. And um, it just goes into, you know, when you're wearing shoes, you know, you're, you're using the cushion of the shoe. And so it made a lot of sense. I saw this guy win a race. I said, let me try this. Um, so when I was having my knee injury, I went back and forth. One day I ran, I wore this, the running sandal. The other day I, I, I wore the, the Newton, which was the top running shoe for triathlon at the time, or in my opinion. And, um, eventually I just kept wearing, you know, the running sandal and then they improved the, how you wear them. And now, you know, I do my Ironmans and I won't run any other way. Mm-hmm. And, um, since I did that, all my injuries went away. Because the idea is, you know, as I run in these sandals, I'm running on, you know, the fronts of my feet and I'm using more calf and hip as opposed to using the back for the knee. So, you know, I just haven't had any running injuries. It feels good. Okay. It's amazing. And, um, and I've, you know, again, one of those things where I've done it both ways. And what I, what's interesting to me in the world is there's, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I couldn't do raw foods, but they've never done it. There's a lot of people, you know, when I run the marathons, people come up and I, I know what they're going to say. Like, wow, how do you run all those miles in those sandals? You know, so I kind of play a little game when I see them about to say that, you know, I kind of beat them to it. I'm like, oh, wow, how do you run all those miles in those shoes? Mm-hmm. Because, um, man, you know, like, and now that I look back on it, like I, you know, I personally don't understand, you know, how people do it. And I've had friends <clears throat> that are competing in marathon and Ironman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they make Boston or they make Kona, but then they can't even go because they're injured yeah. or they, or they, or they get this amazing marathon time. And then the next three months they can't even run because they're injured or they, you know, they're getting all their knee surgery. A lot of people get knee surgery and, you know, like people say, Oh, you know, like you run all the, you know, it's like, I think there's two things why I don't get injured. Hey, I'm eating the right stuff. So my joints, tendons and ligaments because I'm on this raw food diet, they're strong, so I can handle running miles and miles, you know, and two, I'm, you know, I'm running barefoot. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, That's awesome. Keeping it simple. I dig it. Yeah, another thing, too, when, like, the, the water in Long Beach, it, it looks kind of dirty, and, you know, some people say it's polluted, and, mm-hmm. you know, I've had people, you know, like, after it rains, like, oh, you can't swim there, and you know, one time I was getting ready to jump off the docks into the water and the guy's like, it's polluted. And, you know, I looked at him and I'm like, the whole world's polluted. I just jump in and did my swim. But, um, I, you know, I, I started thinking about it. I, mentally I was letting it beat me and I was thinking, is this water dirty? Can I really swim in this water? And, you know, I'd get a little issue and I'd think, oh man. And then, you know, now I've, I've got a different perspective. I'm like, you know, if it's a, if it's a little bit dirty, it's going to build up my immune system. And, uh, Hey, you know, I'll be bulletproof. So it's like, so now I, you know, I always swim in that water. And, uh, if I have an issue, it's like my immune system will catch up, I'll get stronger. And then there we go. 
And so much of this that you're saying and so many of your experiences comes down to the mentality behind it. You know, if we're sitting there freaking out thinking that something's going to destroy our immune system or something's going to make us weaker or something's going to make us sick or something bad's going to happen, then we're going to be manifesting that in our life. And on the flip side of the kind, if we're looking at circumstances and going, well, they're probably not the best circumstances, but I'm going to get the best out of it anyway. We're going to be looking for all the opportunities and that's what's going to show up and, and we're going to be creating that. Um, so this is awesome. I love your mindset and I know that we're going to have to wrap it up here soon because I fully respect your time, but I do have just a couple more questions left for you. So, uh, unless there's something you're, you're really pressing to say here. Yeah. I'll just say one more thing. Cause you know, I touched on the health and mm-hmm. you know, and, and I enjoy my life. You know, I, I live in my dream home. Um, I drive my dream car. My health is the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I love my business. I work with the most wonderful people. I wouldn't yeah. do anything else, but in my business for what I do, um, you know, after I came out of this wheelchair and I made these adjustments, I made some changes with the organization. And, um, you know, the last six months of 2019, um, the end of 2019 was 20 years in this industry. In December, I had my single best month in the history of doing the business. And last year was my single best year. And um, I, you know, I attribute a lot of it to like just the diet and the, you know, being clear minded and, you know, being able to fund and, and do things at a level that, you know, were thought to be impossible in the industry I work in. Yeah. So that's it. Let's get your questions. Yeah. And I've seen that, man, you know, I've been watching you over the years and watching your business grow and, and you're like, you're doing amazing things. And we've been talking about health today, but you know, like I said, you know, you've got good balance and these things are growing in your life in all areas. And, and that's awesome. So uh, let's, let's just talk real quickly on some of the, cause I'm a big fan of daily rituals. Um, what's some of the, the key, what would be like the two or three key daily rituals that you have that you practice that you think uh, propel you forwards? Yeah. Um, two of the biggest ones that are really simple is, um, is I, I do a gratitude list um, where I just write down three to six of the things I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing that twice a day. Um, Now I'm doing it in the evening. Helps me sleep better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was a time when I was just really stressed out and I didn't know how I was going to make it through the next week. Mm -hmm. And so a friend recommended I do the gratitude list and it got me through that. And I've been doing it ever since like the last five, 10 years. Um, But I, I you know, now I do it on my phone. But so the gratitude list, um, I do a top six the night before. Mm-hmm. And uh, every night I write down, you know, tomorrow to make it a great day. You know, what are the six things that I'm going to get done the next day? The main now, things like the big rocks, the critical things that if you only did these six things the next day, then you would have a, a, an awesome day. It'd be awesome. Yep. So, you know, I, I do the gratitude for appreciation, the top six. Now, um, some of the key things for the morning that I found really good is, is the meditation first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a run first thing in the morning, about a 30 minute run, um, core work, yep. hitting pushups, uh, you know, some, some like, well, I do toe to bar, yep. um, squats, handstand pushups, and, um, you know, just hit the core, core muscle work. Um, another thing I do every day is when I have my meal, I listen to my audible, um, so I can constantly be you know, so, so daily I, I listen to audible and, you know, I take books down that way. 
Mm-hmm. And in the evening, um, as a result of the gout, um, the only way I could get the pain to stop some days was getting in, in, a, in an Epsom salt bathtub because it, you know, you get kind of the gravity. So, cause when you have gout, just the weight of the foot is torture. So, um, I started doing these baths, these Epsom salt baths twice a day. Yeah. <clears throat> and now, um, you know, now I get in a, every night, um, in the evening, I, you know, I do a hot Epsom salt bath. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's great. And you know, like we've talked about all of these things and some people are probably sitting there and they're going, man, this is like way too overwhelming. Um, you know, and I know here at Freedom Hack Radio, we talk about, you know, financial wealth, health, relationships, spirituality, and having fun. And the whole point of those five things is that we want to, we want to be growing and maintaining balance in these areas to truly be fulfilled um, because that's where fulfillment comes from. And I know from my own experiences that, you know, I've had times where I've felt like I'm, I'm pretty close to like having really, really good balance on them all and then i've also had like plenty of times where i drop off the bandwagon and i'm like man this week i just really wasn't on top of my spirituality or this week i just you know wasn't on my a game on my health and like this week you know maybe i i shifted too much and didn't put enough energy into growing my business and um it's it's, I, i don't want people to think that it's like some kind of perfect path I'm like always shifting and adjusting. It's like the, um, the space shuttle that goes to, goes to the moon. It's always like one degree off and like correcting along the way. I mean, what's your experience been like? I mean, it's not perfect, is it? It's like there's always something that we can improve and shift and we're, we're trying to like get back on track to stay, um, to have perfect balance. And it's, it's not a perfect um, thing, is it? No, not at all. And in fact, I've even implemented, you know, I do the gratitude in the top six, but now I do one called lessons. And, um, you know, each day I kind of write down, like, here's what I learned. Here's what I want to improve for tomorrow. Sometimes they're small things, but, um, you know, and I, I think that's why I need to do the gratitude so that I can focus on what's right and not get too stressed out about where, you know, even with my diet, you know, I'm talking about all these things, but I, I, I'm not perfect. Yeah, you know, and it's it's course. possible it, two weeks from now I may eat a cooked food meal. I'll regret yeah. it, and I'll learn from it, and then I'll get on path for three or four weeks. But you know, or or you know, so I I I I'm constantly making errors and learning from them. Yeah, and and that that's going to happen to all of us. And so if like if we're sitting here saying like this is all perfect, it's just, it's just not like that at all. So just get used to it not being perfect and just recorrecting along the way. So um, I've really appreciated everything you've shared with us today, Brian. And, and I want to leave with um, a thought here is that if, you ha- if we had the capabilities for you to jump on the phone and speak to the 20-year-old version of you, what would be the biggest key piece of advice that you would give to yourself? You, you know, I, I've always said, man, if I could go back in time and do this life over again, um, I would start with eating a raw food. Like I'd be on all raw foods from the beginning. Um, I just think my life would have been so different. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that would be the number one thing um, because I, I ate, so, I, you know, my, my eating was so bad. And uh, so that would be the biggest thing. I would, I would come out of my mom's womb and, you know, or, or when I was 20 or as soon as I could, and I would just be eating the way I am now. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing. Um, the next biggest thing would be sleep. Um, I would, I would have paid attention to my sleep, um, you know, the entire, you know, time. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think those are the two biggest thing. If I could have ate right and did a better job with my sleep. And then maybe the last one, if there's a third thing would be, um, I would have started reading more aggressively at an earlier age. Um, I mm -hmm. think I took it for granted. And mm -hmm. um, I think my, my big concern now, like I always wish I could just stop time for about 10 years and read and then come okay. back into the world. Okay. But um, I would go back and I just wish, you know, as, as early as I could comprehend, if I would have started doing like a book a week my whole life, you know, like, because every, every time I read a book, it's, it's like it unlocks, it's like, it's almost like the, you know, just life gets better and yeah. it gets easy, you know, it, the, the challenges are different. And How much so, we grow. That's yep. amazing. That's amazing. And so how do listeners get in touch with you, Brian? Like how, how would a listener follow up with you and reach out to you? Um, well, I've, I've got the rawwarrior.com and um, there's a place on there where you can actually um, send me a message or you can email me at brian at rawwarrior.com. And we're going to leave these links in the show notes too for everybody. Yeah. And the last thing I'd say, you know, on Facebook, um, I've unplugged. Um, I, I used to do daily messages and mm -hmm. um, so I've unplugged from that, but soon I'm going to be, you know, getting back out on Facebook and, you know, following, you know, documenting progress and stuff again, which I enjoy doing, but Facebook's another way. And, you know, just Brian Acosta on Facebook. That's awesome. And again, for everybody, we're going to have these links in the show notes so you can reach out to Brian and, 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 and keep up the pace with him. Um, and then, I mean, any final thoughts, is there anything you, you like just really just busting to share with us or, or any like advice that you would give to people out there who are listening to this and watching this that want to make these improvements in their life so that they can get towards freedom and get towards fulfillment? You know, I, I would say it's just, it's, it's just baby steps. Um, you know, if, if you want to, you know, if you want better exercise, you know, it might be with, you know, and you're not doing it right now, you know, five minutes, you know, maybe it's just, you know, Hey, I'm going to go walk for five minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and then once you get that down, you know, then, then, then try for seven minutes, then try for 10 minutes, or it might even just be standing outside and breathing. But, yeah. um, but I would just say, you know, like, you know, figure out where you want to go, what the things are you want to have in your life and, and just what's the smallest um, little step that would be easy. And if you, you know, don't, you know, whatever you think, if you think you could do five miles, maybe just do the two and a half miles and, you know, or, 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 or maybe you do a block, you know, you think I could do two blocks. Well then cut it in half and, and get that down. And, you know, cause that's going to be real easy and then go for two blocks. You know, and then once you nail that down, then go to three blocks, you know, um, just go, go less is more. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a, you know, it took me a long time to learn this, but, you know, be patient with yourself and just find small little steps to move in that direction. That's beautiful. And I, you know, I, I just think that's a beautiful way to, for us to wrap it up right there, Brian, I can't thank you enough. You know, it's always a pleasure I and mean, it's been an awesome conversation that we've had together. It's always great hanging out with you and thank you freedom hackers for listening and tuning in right now. If you've gained some value out of this, make sure to hit the subscribe button and subscribe to us. And uh, also same thing. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure to leave a review. You know, the more that you do that, the, uh, the more that other people out there can can 
uh, find this valuable information and make positive changes in their life as well because we're fully committed to all of you living free. Brian and ourselves, we love our life and we want you to live a life where you can truly say that too. So thank you all for tuning in. This is Freedom Hack Radio. And until next week, I'm Bryce Robertson, your host. Live large and live free.